Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Well, I messed up this morning. Surely not. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's I messed found up. his shot. I messed up this morning. Uh, I forgot to turn on the podcast recorder. So if you were wondering what happened to the text that y'all normally get, uh, that's why. But it is out on on my Facebook page. So if y'all want to watch it, it's on the Facebook page. But uh, it is. I forgot to turn the the recorder on. Well, you need to write that down. I think it's the first time you ever messed up. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the technology guy messed up the technology. That's why. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. If you would, open your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 15. Now, this morning we talked about what I would call spiritual atheism and how Christians can also have this non-belief creep into their life whenever they fall into sin. And which in turn will make them atheistic in, in their spiritual life. Today we're going to look a little bit more into that. And what we're going to be looking at tonight is when people have good intentions. Because many Christians have good intentions. But if you think about it, Sometimes good intentions does not mean you are following God's, God's law. You can have the best intentions in the world and sin. And we're going to look at that tonight by looking at the example of David. Again, we're going to be looking at 2 Samuel 6, 1 through 15. Now, God gives us his word. He gives us his word. He gives us his commandments for a reason. They're to help us follow the correct path. The word is to be a light for our path, a direction for our path, as we continue on our pilgrimage. Thus, we are to live our life in obedience to God, obedience to his word. We're to always follow the commandments that he has given us, and we are to follow his word to the letter. Now, what happens if we try to follow God, but we go our own way? We don't follow his word, but we say we're following God. That's where good intentions come in. We're trying to be good. But what does the Bible tell us? There's none good, no, not one. Amen. We can't be good and go on our own path. And as the example I want to look at, I want to look at David. Remember, David was a man after God's own heart, but look at what his intentions did. 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting with verse 1 through 15 says, and David, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, even 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah 
to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, that dwelleth upon it between the cherubims. And they put the ark of God upon a new cart, and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah, and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, did drive the new cart. And when they brought the ark of God out of the house of Abinadab that was at Gibeah, Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all instruments made of fur, and on harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, and on cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand to the ark of God and held it, for the oxen did shake it. And the Lord was very wroth with Uzzah, and God smote him in the same place for his fault, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had smitten Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah unto this day. Therefore David that day feared the Lord and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David will not bring the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it into the house of Obed-Edom a Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And one told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he hath because of the ark of God. Therefore David went and brought the ark of the God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Now I want you to focus on verse 13 here. Look at what it says. And when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he offered an ox and a fat beast. And David danced before the Lord with all his might and was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouting and sound of trumpet. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us tonight, Lord, as we worship together. Just be with us, Lord, and just illuminate your word for us and help us just to apply what we learn tonight into our daily walk. And again, Lord, we just... Lift up those that are sick and shut in, those that were mentioned on the prayer list today, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And Lord, again, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship, that you would just, again, just speak to us today, Lord, through your word. And Lord, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, I pray, Lord, that you would convict of sin and help them to see the need for you in their life. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would bind down Satan let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, what is happening in these verses, particularly before these verses? David had become king of Israel. Now, if you remember, after Saul had died, a civil war broke out in Israel. And now the civil war was over. David, after the civil war had, had been completed, he went and took the city of Jerusalem from the Jebusites and he made that his capital. And then we see in, verse, or in chapter 5 that he had fought a series of battles against the Philistines and, and God had made him victorious in these battles. 
Now, after all of these things had took place, David wants to move the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, into Jerusalem, his capital. And to do this, he would have to take the Ark from Gibeah and bring it all the way to Jerusalem, which was several miles. Now, before we go any further, if you turn to Numbers chapter 4, verse 15, it tells us something very specific about moving the ark of God. It specifies in the law of God that only the Levites could move it. In particular, a specific family of Levites which God narrowed it down. He said, the Levites are to move the ark, and out of the Levites, the sons of Kohath are the only ones that can move it. Likewise, we see in that verse that no one was to touch the ark. Not even the Levites. Not even the sons of Kohath as they moved the ark. They were to move the ark in a specific way by the poles that were on the sides of the ark. That was the only thing they could touch. Because if they touched the ark, they would die. They would die. Why? Think about God. What's one word that comes to your mind when you think about God? Holy. He's holy. We see this. He tells the children of Israel, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. He's holy. And before they could even put the ark into the tabernacle, it had to be sanctified in a specific way. So the ark was sanctified in a specific way. The tabernacle was sanctified in a specific way. And then after it was sanctified, the glory of God would come down on the ark onto the mercy seat. And that made the ark holy before God. No one was allowed to touch the ark because that would be a violation of God's holiness. Even the Levites who were sanctified to carry out the worship duties in Israel could not even touch the ark. Because they may have been sanctified, they may have been holy, but what were they also under the curse? They were still under the curse. They were still sinful. They couldn't touch the ark because it was holy before the Lord. It had been sanctified by his presence as it rested on the mercy seat. So no one was to touch the ark. And if you look at Leviticus chapter 25, particularly verses 12 through 15, it specifies how the ark was to be carried. 
It was only to be carried a certain way by those carrying poles. So what you would have is as the Israelites would move around, you would have the sons of Kohath taking the ark by those carrying poles and carrying the ark before the children of Israel. A specific way of carrying it by a specific family. A specific family. Now, in chapter 6, do we see a specific family carrying the ark of God? No. Do we see it being carried by its carrying poles? No. David wanted to move the ark. He wanted to move it into his capital city. Because in particular, he wanted the city of David to be the center of worship in a united Israel. And to do that, he needed the ark in Jerusalem. So he was going to move the ark, but he was going to move it his way. He was going to move it his way. Now think about it. He had good intentions, didn't he? But his good intentions were sinful. His good intentions were sinful. Look at verses 3 through 6. They placed the ark of God on a cart. It was a new cart. But it was a cart. Should something that holy be put on an ox cart? No. It was a new cart. But what happens? As they're moving the ark of God, they're sitting there praising God and singing songs and dancing around. The ark starts to fall off the cart. It says that the oxen did shake it. It starts to fall off the cart. And Uzzah takes his hand and places it on the ark to steady it. And just like that, he dies. He died, God struck him dead because in touching the ark, he violated the holiness of God. He violated the holiness of God. Uzzah had good intentions as well, didn't he? He didn't want the ark to fall off the cart. But when it comes to the holiness of God and God retaining his holiness, 
God would have wanted the ark to fall off the cart. Instead of someone who is sinful touching it. Because that was a violation of his holiness. Remember, God is holy. He's holy. And he values holiness above all things. Even when it comes to our life, we're to be holy before him in the way we live. And we can't be holy when we follow our good intentions. David was trying to follow his good intentions. He had good intentions. Yet his good intentions was sinful. Uzzah was trying to follow his good intentions. But his good intentions were sinful. And you might be thinking, well, Brother Jeff, why are you calling it sinful? Because in the book of Exodus and in the book of Numbers, we see God's command for follow or for moving the ark of God, and they were violating God's command. And when you violate God's command, even when your intentions are good, it is sin. They were sinning before God. And think about something else. David, a man after God's own heart, who had been following God, yet in this instance, he wants to do things his way, and it leads to someone's death. His intentions were good, but it led to someone's death. Because he did it the wrong way. And his good intentions was sinful. And it caused Uzzah to sin when Uzzah touched the ark. You see, good intentions, no matter how good, no matter how good, can never take the place of following the commands of God. We are to always follow God's law and his commands. Because again, look at what happened to David. His good intentions caused Uzzah to die because he was not following what God had written on how you move the ark. Now think about something else. If they had followed the law, if David had sought out the Levites, in particular the sons of Kohath, and followed the law in moving the ark the way it was to be moved, what would have happened? They would have got the ark into Jerusalem at that time, and Uzzah would have never died. Think about that. If they had followed what God wanted, 
and what God had prescribed in his word, the ark would have went into Jerusalem at that time and Uzzah would have never died. See, God gives us his commands for a reason. He gives us his commands for a reason. You know, he doesn't call it the suggestions of God. He calls it his law. It's not called the suggestions of God. It's called his word. It's called his commands. And we're called to obey. We're called to obey at all times. We're to obey the word of God. And I'll tell you why. Because God knows how we are to live. And if we want to live a holy life, if we want to live holy before God, if we want to have a fulfilled life, a a life that glorifies God, which is what we are to do. We're to glorify him and enjoy him for all eternity. We are to do these things. We have to follow his word. If they had followed the law, they would not have violated it. It's just that simple. If they had followed the law, they would never have violated it. And think about something. Look at what happens in verse 13. What I told y'all to to focus on. The next time David moves the ark, look at what it says. When they that bear the ark, he did it the correct way. The next time he did it, He did it the correct way. He didn't put it on a cart. He didn't have oxen bearing it into Jerusalem. He did it the correct way. He had people carrying it the way it was to be carried. David had the ark being bore by people. And what happens as a result? They're able to move the ark into Jerusalem. Again, God gives us his commands. He gives us his word for a reason. And you know what the reason is? Because he knows how we should live. We're to follow it. We're to live by it, not by our good intentions. Why? What's wrong with our good intentions? Because it's our intentions. It's not his intentions. It's our intentions. And our intentions, no matter how good, can be wrong. Our intentions, no matter how good, could violate God's law. Our intentions, no matter how good, can cause us to sin. Our intentions, no matter how good, can get us into trouble. 
Thus, good intentions should never take the place of God's word. Good intentions should never take the place of God's law. It should never take the place of God's commands. We're to always follow God and his word at all times. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. And I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us during this time. Again, Lord, if there's anyone that needs to just know you, seek you, follow you, I just pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Continue to overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. But Steve? 280.